If you're watching this, you are one of the first attendees to James's kickback. To my kickback. I'm James, if you didn't know. But anyway, outside of the obvious, welcome to the show. This show I created so that micro-influencers and emerging artists at any facet can come on and share their art with us so that we can get a better glimpse of who they are and what they contribute and how we can help and support them. This platform is for us, okay? This is for us. This is my party, okay? And everyone's invited. Just no drugs and BYOB, okay? Without further ado, let's get into today's interview, which I am so excited about because I'll be interviewing LA-based astrologer and performer and artist and a whole bunch of other stuff, Mr. Marvel A. Rex. Terrific guy from what I've seen on social media. So I'm happy that he came onto the show so that we got a better glimpse of how he is an artist and what we can do to support him. And I'm also a little lit right now, so <laughs> forgive the... Um, talking anyway hi welcome to the show and thank you so much for watching and i'll see you later ah, bye <laughs> all right here we have mr marvel a rex here how's it going it's going well i'm glad to be here james thank you yes yes of course so tell me where you are currently i am in los angeles okay in los angeles um and this is where i live so yeah awesome so are you a native of los angeles or in california and all that I am actually, I was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, so I'm a Utahan, technically. Um, and I'm a first generation American from Spain. So I've gone between Spain and the US a lot. Um, and I have lived in California for a total of probably eight years now of my 28 year old life. So a good chunk of it, almost a third. Um, but I am not a native Californian. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm also from the um, Bay Area, so I'm I've been a Californian all my life. Um, and there's something about the spirit of California that draws people in and I keeps have, you here. <laughs> I have tried to get away, and I lived in New York for a while. I've definitely tried to get away and been like, oh, I'm just gonna live on the East Coast, and I love the East Coast, but um, I keep getting magnetized back to California. <laughs> yes, I think it's really popping out here. It's actually really popping, and everybody wants to be in California, but they can't be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so with quarantine and LA being one of the premier areas that COVID and Corona hit, how has been art and expressing your art and things for you since all this has taken place? I mean, I've definitely had to shift my practice. Every Most of my friend group is performance artists and actors and, you know, basically anyone who does, like, live work. Mm -hmm. So it's been huge. I think all of us, my community has definitely taken a toll, like mental health wise. It is, it is challenging. However, um, my approach to life in general is like, I think as a trans person, you're just like, I got to roll with it. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, you're just like, okay, so uh, I just got to figure this out and be adaptable. That's um, right. So I have mostly been working on writing scripts for, um, short films, feature films, and TV shows, which is awesome. Yeah. It's nice to do, it's, it's very different than performing, and I do miss the stage, and I miss acting. Um, but, you know, there's like other things that are happening, so that's one thing, and then Zoom auditions. I'm, I've done like callbacks on Zoom, which <laughs> I've met Same. production teams. Yeah, right? I've, I've <laughs> met production teams on Zoom, um, and I'm meeting you on Zoom, so it's like yeah. there's, there's, there is possibility 
and I do look at 2020 as a time like these we're in the last stretch mm-hmm. of this year and I I do I'm very much optimistic and I'm like I will be able to perform again I will be able to act again I just yes. have to plant seeds right now for sure for sure it's important for um, you to maintain that uh, mental space anyway because when, when Corona hit as a creator myself, it was something that really throws you in a doozy because you ultimately don't know what's going to happen next. Yes. And that's what 2020 has been fully. It's just been the year of the unexpected continuously. Yes. Um, and so it, it's absolute craziness. But I do want to shift gears and ask you a little bit about early life. So who are some of your references and influential people that you looked mm-hmm. to um, as a child and when you were growing up and developing yourself and becoming the performer that you are today? Who are some of those people that you were looking for as inspiration? or looking at for inspiration? It's so interesting. I love that question. And in fact, I've been interviewed a couple of times and I don't know if anyone's asked me about like early childhood influences. Really? Um, so I don't think I've actually answered this before, which is super exciting. Hey! Um, um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, I grew up, I want to kind of give a little like idea of where I was. I grew up in Utah in the 90s. And um, just to sort of describe that, it was like, very Mormon. I was not raised Mormon, but it was very Mormon, very white, very conservative. So like I grew up as already an outsider because I was Mormon and I didn't, there was no like queer cultural references for me until I was like 16. Mm. I mean, there was like a little, I, I, I was a little sheltered. My parents are both a little old school. So they were like, we didn't watch a lot of TV. So I didn't have like, a lot of queer kids find television icons and they're like, that's, you're queer, I'm queer, I got you. Right. Um, you know, like Prince or whatever. They find, right. you find somebody and you're like, that's it. Exactly. I didn't have really access to that until I was 16. So I spent like 16 years not knowing what a trans person was, mm-hmm. not, I mean, the closest thing I knew was tr- the term, I'm just gonna use this term, transvestite which was a man who dressed in women's clothing for fun, but it was like a weird thing that like British white men did. Right. So that was like the closest cultural reference. Um, And therefore my early childhood idols were very few. And in fact, I kind of grew up being like, oh, I'm a total, like, I was just like, I think maybe I'm crazy. Like I had, I, I grew up being like, I feel very different than everybody. I know that I'm something that's, is not recognizable at this moment. So I kind of like tucked into a shell for years until I was like 16, 17. And then I started, I started watching like the L word and sort of understanding queer, at least queer attraction, gay and lesbian attraction. Um, And, but still trans didn't come for me until I was like 23. My early like artistic people to be very like, maybe it's a little cliche, but like Salvador Dali, who is a Spaniard and who actually, he grew up and has his museum just like some 50 miles north of where my mother was born. Mm. He, he has been a huge influence, like initially artistically. I loved surrealism in general, um, <clears throat> but I moved pretty quickly from that um, and was really interested in like Robert Maplethorpe as a photographer yeah. um, and, and I loved the fact that he like unabashedly used new bodies. Um, yes. And so that was kind of that, but that was later. So early was more like Salvador Dali, Picasso, kind of more classical artists. Um, yep. And I didn't have a lot of like queer icon references until I was much older. 
I definitely concur with that. Growing up, I grew up similarly. I was I was a um, Pentecostal Christian, Church of God in mm. Christ boy. Um, and so homosexuality and the trans experience and things like that were not things that I was taught initially up until I got a little older myself. So I, I'm on the same page with you. Um, and having to really find yourself at what seems like a later age, but really mm. is the emerging age where um, it's, this is, these are the stepping stones that are gonna take in the direction that you ultimately wanna go in. So I am so, I'm here with you with that. Absolutely here with you. Now, I have a question for you. Walk me through what I'll be expecting from like a Marvel A-Rex production. Like if I was like a random on the street, I don't know who the hell you are. Oh what am I going to walk into? Um, I mean, I'm sure other people can attest here in LA. It's I've actually tra I've actually performed all over the U.S. So, but I've performed a lot in LA, and folks would probably be like, "It's crazy." Um, it is. It's pretty wild. Um, I have like an. I think that because I was repressed for so long, and I was like, I hid in my shell for oh my god, like 23 years. Yeah, that does something to a person for sure. Um, and I'm sort of like unabashedly not ashamed of my physical body. I'm at this point where I'm just like, this is my body. And the interesting thing about trans men is that, or trans masculine folks in general, is that we can be really hard to clock. Yes. And so no one knows we're trans. We just kind of walk around the world and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm a white man? Like, oh, th like, th you know, the privilege of that is really jarring because it's not totally true to my experience. Um, so my performances are me, I mean, I often, so what you would see is I tend to use sound in kind of an aggressive way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will loop sounds, I will take a song, and I will often take a song and really break it down. This is something that Boy Child has done, who's an amazing yes. performance artist. Um, you just really break, or my friend Vicente Ugarchea, who's a, um, he's a performance artist based out of Chicago, friend of mine, um, also a trans man. Um, it, we take like a portion of a song that's maybe an iconic song, but we like really private, like in, in pre-production, we just break the song down, we loop it, and then it becomes this sort of kind of like shamanic or ritualized beat or sound. Um, I usually have it build or it already is just really fucking loud. Um, <laughs> and then I often do, it's kind of pseudo burlesque, but I often end up naked, almost always end up naked in my performances. Precise for two reasons. People are, some people have criticized me on this, but I do think that the first reason that it's, I have found it interesting is that oh, I would say 60 to 70% of the audience like has no idea I'm trans. Like the people who show up who are my homies are like, Oh, right. Like, we know, you know, we know what his deal is. But then there's this large portion of the audience that's kind of just like, whoa. And it is. Yes. And I think that trans men don't quite yet exist in cultural imagination, like pop culture's imagination. Right. We're our experience is not well known or well recorded yet. Mm -hmm. We are not the main figures of like transparent or pose or, you know. That's right. And, and that's okay. I'm, I'm not criticizing that. It's more of just like, I think part of my mission as an artist is I'm like, I would love to help bring trans masculine experience to larger culture. Um, however, I'm sort of shifting gears out of the stuff that can be labeled pornographic. I don't look at my work as pornographic, but because I'm naked, my work often gets labeled as pornographic. Right. Um, and I have nothing against porn, but I just know that popular culture has issues with porn. Of course. And yet is obsessed with it. 
So anyway, that's all. <laughs> and then I use um, dildos. Um, I take a lot of reference from Ron Athey, who's an incredible performance artist. Um, yes. And he has used dildos in his practice a lot. Um, I don't quite use them in a way where like I'm performing sex acts with them. I usually use them as like a gag or like to sort of, I'm on, in a way that my first performances were really to push and provoke white cis men. I was very interested in having them because I feel like that group of folks is the, they're the least self-reflective mm -hmm. because they don't necessarily have to be. Right. Um, so, right. They're not trying to survive. They're like, I, well, they are to a degree, depending on their class, but for the most part, they get to walk around and be like, I'm good, everything's great. Like, I get what I want. Um, and so I wanted to really test that group of people. Yeah. I have shifted out of that because I realized, I was like, I don't want to make work for cis white men. Like, that's not who I want to be making work for. So I had to really question that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it, I like audience participation. So something that you would maybe also see from my performances is that, I do, I have this sort of, um, it, it is this like complete inhibition around my body. So like, I love the last performance I did before quarantine, I got naked and was having people climb on top of me like I was a horse mm -hmm. and build dildos out of clay and then stick them on my body. Wow. Um, I had them and I had them do this. And I had, a, I, it sounds very weird, but the way that you become like a ringmaster where at least I become like a ringmaster where I, have convinced everyone that that's a totally normative behavior in the space because you just create rules in the space. Yes. It's like drama class. You create rules in the class and then everyone has to follow them. Exactly. So that was like the whole thing was like, if you want a tarot reading, I was like, have read I had tarot cards on the floor and I was like, if you want a reading, you have to play my game. And yes. that game involved climbing on, <laughs> climbing on me naked. So what I love about that, and I think that we folks who've had, you know, our journey coming into our bodies as queer people. Yes. Um, you know, and, and all the ways that we've experienced our bodies being subjugated, having, creating performance works that allow people to see my body, but also interact with my body and, and have to think about their body in relationship to my body. Yeah. It's very interesting to me. It's exciting to me. And I want to help create more intimacy and more, I want everyone to love their bodies more is ultimately part of it. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I completely concur. That's something that I've been um, striving to do in the last few years myself, because I have never been, I don't know about you, but like when I was a child, I was never the one that people lusted over. I was never the one people like had in their notebooks, like I'm crushing on Jack, like that never happened. So <laughs> I was like, at a certain point, I was like, I hated the way I looked because it wasn't attractive to the very naked, naive, um, underaged eye. And so that's something that I've definitely started to integrate into my daily practice is to, you know, remind myself of what I got and, and forget what I don't. It may come later with a lot of money and surgery. So... <laughs> understandable i have done that already yeah <laughs> yes yes i'm definitely I'm, I'm definitely on board so what is one of your or some of your biggest accomplishments as an artist so far yeah i mean um it's interesting like what we define success as i always like to be like what is for me personally is not the same as what we would say in popular culture i think if you want the pop culture answer being on the you know i was not on the cover but i was uh we had a two-page spread in the LA magazine um, for the Pride issue with RuPaul. So that was really amazing to be there with like 
really some of my favorite artists of all time. It was a group of performance artists, and it was like, I was the youngest of the shoot. It was like Ron Athey, Castles, um, the famous photographer, Kathy Opie, um, just like really like the stars. And I was this young kid at that photo shoot being like, I can't believe I'm being photographed with my idols right now. So that was epic. Um, but I think my personal sense of like, what I actually feel like is the biggest accomplishment for me is moving to Los Angeles with like almost no money um, uh. and doing performance art for two straight years. Like it was like, like I was possessed by sort of an angel demon, um, mm -hmm. but doing it and being at like underground clubs and skid row, being in these really kind of crazy places and getting naked and getting wild. And also have, I think my, the biggest thing for me is when people come up to me after a show and are like, whoa, you just helped me figure something out. Oh. And that, I love that. And I think that that is a cliche thing that artists say, but I do, for performers may say, but I really, I, that has been, the connection with the audience has always felt paradigm shifting for me. And it helps me become less selfish in a way. And definitely, definitely. And that's where at the point your art becomes ministerial and it helps people get out of situations or get their mindsets shifted for a particular situation they're faced up against. That's the art of true artists, in my opinion. And so it's, it's awesome that that happens when you do your performance. When I'm gearing towards the end of the interview, but tell me a little bit about your relationship with astrology, because I saw on your Instagram that you, you do some readings. And I'm, I'm so interested to see how, how that all became about because everyone's relationship with astrology is so different, I find. And so I'm always interested to hear um, how people started. So tell me a little bit about that. I love that you asked about the astrology, James. Great <laughs> interview, love the interview. Um, you're doing great. Uh, so you. I would say that it's so funny because I was really closeted about, I mean, I think we, as queer people were like, like how far can I push it? And you and you have this initial fear of being out because as a kid you had that fear. Yeah. So I kind of had to come out of the closet with astrology, um, and I really mean that. Like I was like I don't know. I have been obsessed with tarot, astrology, a lot of occult stuff, like pretty deep and pretty heavy. I lived in Northern California, like north of the Bay, where they're all, all the like hippies and witches are. Oh um, yes, there's also, and there's a lot of witches in the Bay too. Love them. Oh yes, um, yes. So I kind of grew up with sort of occult and non-normative sort of ways of thinking about the world. And astrology now is like a pop culture phenomena for sure, for millennials, I see that. For sure. But I was obsessed with it when I was like 13. So for me, it was like before it was pop popular, like Chani Nicholas, who's now like the biggest pop astrologer. I, I remember you know, getting a reading with her way before she was fam famous, you know what I mean? So these things ballooned in the last five years. Um, and that has allowed me to sort of come out of the closet with it in the sense of, I'm like, this is a language that I speak really well. Yeah. Um, however, I'm hesitant because I do have, you know, I have people who are like, that shit's not real. So there's always like moments where I'm like, okay, there's people that are just me like, it's not real. But also I, I, I feel like in terms of the age of Aquarius, in terms of like this new world we're coming into where more people are, I think more people are okay being queer, more people are okay being non-binary. Um, this move into sort of like a new world, I think part of that is using the language of magic in general. Yes. Um, and I think we're actually 20, just to kind of 
put a pin in it, I think 2020 is this beautiful period where even though it feels really chaotic, we are moving into a world with different languages. And I actually think astrology might be one of those languages. So we're moving into kind of old paradigms are breaking down and all of us millennials are like, yeah, it's about time. Um, yeah. <laughs> the younger generations are like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, and we're moving into a different world where we actually look at, I'm, I'm even thinking it's really deep for me. It's beyond astrology, but moving beyond all the categories of like how we've categorized human beings in society. So kind of in, Definitely not saying to uh, erase identity, but just to look at how humans relate in a different way. Um, and I always, and I think astrology, the way I use it with my clients is I want to empower people because people feel really alone, especially right now. And I just want to help them be like, look, it's not your fault. There's no fault here. This is what's happening in the stars and you get to have free will. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not saying that everything is dictated. You have, you get free will in this situation. Yes. Right. So that's my goal is to help empower people and to help people think about relating differently. Yes, that's awesome. That That's awesome. And for me, myself, um, as I mentioned before, I grew up a church kid. So the idea of astrology and things was taught against um, yes. what I was initially raised up as. But as I got older, there's something the Bible speaks about um, in all things, getting and understanding. And so I didn't find it to be disrespectful to my religion to go and find out what astrology meant, what it does for people. It really is has really beautiful aspects to it. And I'm always so fascinated when people like yourself are able to perform these readings that inspire people through a lens that they can connect with. So that's awesome. That, that's awesome. The last question I have for you are what, what are we um, looking out for? in terms of the future and you as an artist, any projects, any, any, any cool things that you can tell us? Yes, um, it, 2020 has been a total, like, as you know, it's been a uh, whirlwind. I was actually flying when the shutdown happened. I was performing in Canada and I was in airports when that week of March happened. Yeah. So a, a lot of my projects just like fell apart. That was for a lot of us. Same. Um, I am actually very excited about 2021. I'm not necessarily thinking that anything major is gonna happen for me in terms of my career uh, by the end of 2020. I'm actually taking this period of time to work on some behind the scenes work, work on some scripts, um, I doing some acting. It's all very minor. For me, I'm sort of like, my friend who's also a performance artist, she's like, you're like, kind of, I'm, I'm used to being out in public and being like, here I am, here I am, here I am. And I'm actually kind of taking a very different approach right now and trying to be more strategic. And I'm kind of getting into a cocoon, getting some laser focus and being like, preparing myself for the next steps. Um, there are some like film projects in the works that are really exciting. They are not really like gonna be happening realistically till 2021. So. That's great, that's fine. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna hole up, I'm gonna figure it out. Um, and then in terms of live performance, I have not dropped that as much, although I'm focusing more on acting now, I'm focusing more on film work. Um, the live performance will happen, I think, once quarantine's done. So it's like, we'll see, we'll see when that yeah. happens. Um, and I also do some photography on the side. I have, I have side projects that are ongoing that I've done. Yes, you have jobs, you have jobs everywhere. <laughs> I, I do. I'm like, 
I'm a busy, you know, I'm, I, I'm so type A, so I'm just like, do, 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 do. Yes. It's good to slow down this year. I will say that. It's very for good. sure. For sure. And I, I'm the same way. You had to have to, when you're an artist, it's kind of hard to just sit and like be in quarantine without doing anything. So yes. even though the lazy bone kicks in, everyone got a <laughs> little bit of it in them. <laughs> myself included oh, yeah. um, it's definitely something that you're always going to be doing as an artist because that's how your mind thinks so I, I'm totally with you on that and so with that being said thank you so much for joining me on the first episode of James's Kickback I should have told you to come on with a drink I meant to tell you that but I said let me keep it professional for the first <laughs> okay I love it yes I love that yes, yes. And so, uh, thank you so much and when I'm in the Los Angeles area I will definitely contact you I would love to link up with you and get more inspiration from you and talk more about you and about the things that you're doing currently I love that you use dildos as art like I think that is so dope <laughs> Thank you, James. I appreciate that it. That is so dope. And uh, with that being said, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day, sir, okay? You as well, James. Thank you for talking with me. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetie. Hold up.